Talofalava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up. Their skills become useless. Pacific country struggle to retain its nurses. Also, I guess it's like my love letter to all the adults now who, are, who know what it's like to grow up in state houses in the 90s. The annual Messina Festival begins in Porirua. And later, the Manamoana Musical Showcase returns with an upcoming concert in Auckland. Health authorities say Pacific nurses' skills are being wasted as they move to Australia and New Zealand to work in rest homes. Nurses trained in the Pacific can automatically work as fully trained nurses in New Zealand and Australia, so they're employed in the aged care sector. Speakers at the Pacifica Medical Association Conference in Rarotonga say that's a waste. Caleb Fotheringham reports. Kiribati's health boss says there is a lost generation of doctors and nurses being swept up by Australia's labour mobility scheme. Nurses trained in the Pacific Islands can't automatically work as fully trained nurses in Australia and New Zealand. So many of them work in the aged care sector instead. Benny Tuer says their skills are being wasted. For this year, we have seen 50 of our nurses leave the country for greener pastures, for opportunities in Australia, and most of them end up in aged care. Their skills become useless. The training that they obtained become lost. A lack of workers is a major problem in the Pacific. Cook Island Secretary of Health Bob Williams says his country had to borrow nurses from Fiji. We struggle, I'm sure everybody else in the region and globally, with the shortage of health professionals available to either relocate to the Cook Islands and further relocate to the Pioneer. So that's the, the struggle and challenge that all of us uh, go through, especially post-COVID. Fiji lost around 800 nurses to New Zealand last year and Tonga lost about 80. Dr Colin Tukwitonga, Associate Professor of Public Health at the University of Auckland, says nurses' training and skills should be recognised. He says developed countries have an obligation to not devalue workers. It's really a form of exploitation. If you take a nurse, a fully qualified nurse from Kiribati to work in Australia, aged care facility, that's exploitation. And it's clearly a problem around the region and a lot of island nations are suffering. However, he says labour mobility schemes are still beneficial. It's a double-edged sword because there are clear benefits. Someone goes from the islands to Australia to work, they get money and they send it home to their families. They often use it to build a house or something. In other words, there are positives in that exchange. Deputy Director of General Science and Capability at the Pacific Community, Dr Paula Vivili, says there's no stopping the brain drain of human resources to New Zealand and Australia. Of course the position of many countries, I would say all countries, is that they're not going to try and stop it because people move for very valid reasons. But it's about ensuring that if people are leaving for New Zealand and Australia, that systems are in place within the countries to ensure that you still meet the needs. Pacifica Medical Association President Dr Kiki Moate wants to see everyday people getting medical training to ease the burden on healthcare workers in the region. He says they could be taught to do tasks like removing stitches. Get the families to become health workers. Why can't we do that? Why can't we bring a process of education with health and all those sort of things and then allow the families to actually do some of the things that we think only we can do. 
Dr. Mowate says technology can also be utilised better, like being used for online consultations to remove some of the strain on the workforce. Leaders and social agencies from five Pacific and Southeast Asian countries were in New Zealand last week to share the experiences of working to help families and children in their regions overcome violence, malnutrition and poverty. The leaders are part of Woven, a five-year partnership between World Vision and New Zealand's Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade, which aims to reach more than 18,000 families in Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Laos and Timor-Leste by 2025. Kuroi Hawkins spoke with World Vision's International Partnerships Director, TJ Grant, about this work. Yeah, so the Woven Program, uh, which stands for Improving the Wellbeing Outcomes, Ending Violence Against Children, and Enabling Livelihoods and Nutrition, uh, so working across uh, helping to end violence, helping to improve livelihoods and income, helping to improve children's nutrition and malnutrition is a five-year partnership that we have with the New Zealand Foreign Aid Program with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade. And it's working across five countries in the Pacific and Southeast Asia. So Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Timor-Leste, and Laos. And uh, yeah, we're at the midway point, the halfway point of this program, about two and a half years in. And so lots of amazing work happening, which I'd love to tell you about in those different sectors and those different areas in those countries. And we've got the privilege of hosting uh, 15 humanitarian workers and partners who are working across those countries who've come here uh, to New Zealand, to Aotearoa, to Tamaki Makoto, to join us in a, a sharing and learning and, and uh, uh, a cross-reflection event uh, about the program as we're at that halfway point. One of the key successes of Woven has been programs to reduce violence against children. In Manawatu, one in three girls experience sexual abuse before the age of 15 and 60% of women experience physical and or sexual violence in their lifetime. Kuroi Hawkins spoke with Shana Ligo, who is the director of the Woven Men Be the Change project, which is partnering with the Vanuatu Department of Corrections to try and change these tragic statistics. In Vanuatu, the project works with uh, men to reduce their use of violence. And um, the project works with men uh, in corrections, especially uh, detainees in the low-risk uh, facility, but also men in the communities who use violence. And um, in the Men Be the Change project, um, we take men through a 12-week program and in the program, um, we teach the men um, one session per week over 12 weeks. Uh, and uh, the men are th- taught um, about violence and the impact of their violence on their victims. They are also um, uh, taught tools uh, that they can uh, use and apply in their relationships, uh, tools to help them to stop using violence. Um, And uh, the program is also aims to um, help uh, men take responsibility for their violence and be more accountable to the people in their lives who are often uh, uh, their spouses and their children. Um, Alongside uh, the work we do with men is also 
um, the opportunity we have to work with the, the spouses of the men, especially who are in relationships and have children. Um, and that um, has also been around uh, safety and support for the women, um, especially, uh, we know women in, in those types of settings are often vulnerable to violence. And um, that also affects, you know, their, the way they go out about their daily work and how they raise their children as well. So we have a, a parallel program for the spouses of the men, and that also looks um, at you know, healing and, and support and just also understanding the, the information and the tools that are, are being taught to the men in the program so that they can also support the men in their um, journey of change. And, and have you been seeing um, uh, good results from, from the project and from the, from the um, approach that you're taking? Uh, before I, I go in to talk about that, uh, I'd like to say that uh, behavioral change uh, is hard and, and takes time. And especially in, in a very patriarchal society like Vanuatu and the Pacific, uh, where all those you know, levels of community, family, and society reinforce those, you know, negative and harmful social norms, attitudes, and beliefs. Uh, change is often hard to come by, and, and the Men Be the Change project is just, you know, one um, of those initiatives that's, that's trying to, you know, push, the, push against those bigger forces. But what we are seeing is promise and hope. Um, what we're seeing is that there is an improvement in relationships and um, the men um, have an appetite for change and want to change their behavior, especially once we take them through the victim impact. You know, we see that they're remorseful and they want to take action and change the things um, and the way that they're behaving. And... Um, some of those men in our communities are saying, but how? How we want that change for our families because we see the need and the importance of that, but how? And I guess the project is addressing the how by introducing, you know, practical tools like how they can um, recognize, you know, their body signs when they are winding up and how they can, you know, take time out and, uh, maybe do practice breathing or talk to themselves or a trusted family member instead of, you know, escalating to the point where they use violence. We also teach the men in the program um, how to communicate better uh, with their spouses and with their children. We also talk about um, child abuse in the program with the men and help the men understand themselves, also the impacts of you know, uh, corporal punishment and physical punishment um, and how that results in the life of their children. And so the program is well received, is what we are seeing. And there's a growing interest after the men complete the program. There's a growing interest uh, that they want to take the learnings uh, back to their communities and they want more men um, to attend the program because they see the value in, in attending the program and the impact that that's had on themselves. You can find out more about Shana Legal's work and other woven initiatives at roadvision.org.nz. 
Pacific artists are showcasing their work this week in Wellington at the Messina Festival, which is being held in Porirua with a pop-up show in Lower Hutt. The annual festival was established in 2014 by Wellington-based company Le Moana Arts. Moira Tuile Patela popped along to rehearsal for one of the main groups taking part in Porirua. My name is Tupuotingafua and I'm the choreographer for 14 Malone Road which is the headline work for the Messina Festival 2023. Tupua is an award-winning choreographer of Samoan heritage. He explains what his piece for the Messina Festival is all about. 14 Malone Road is like, I guess it's like my love letter to uh, all the adults now who are who know what it's like to grow up in state houses in the 90s, uh, you know, before they put up those wooden fences that we thought were flash at the beginning, but then you realise they were to separate us. Um, but, yeah, it's just that, you know, and it's not about gentrification or anything like that. It's it's about m- memories. Tinga Ford describes his latest work as a working-class piece. The show brings together an all-male cast of Pacific creative artists, such as Andy Tilofea Unga, Alo Ali'i Tapu, Aisea Latu, One Toto Ikavuka and Villa Junior Lemanu. Lemanu says he felt a connection to the work as he himself grew up in a state house. We understand the world of that and, um, you know, simple... There's a lot of beautiful images in this work uh, talking about... Uh, what is it? Things like like uh, cockroaches in the space, you know what I mean? And and, and growing up with that, and um, uncles that are that are always singing in the garage, and you know, there's a lot of things that uh, we all relate to. For One Toto Ikavuka, a Tongan creative artist, this is the first time he's taken part in the festival. He says he's grateful to be part of the festival and to be able to dance with such a talented cast of Pacific men. A lot of the times when you see men come into this um, into this platform, you know, you see a different side to masculinity, and it's um and it's amazing, you know, to see grown men, um, you know, uh, dancing, looking graceful, you know, and still looking masculine at the same time. The Mersina Festival is at Partaka's Performing Arts Studios in Porirua and ends on Saturday. After selling out in Wellington at the end of last year, Pacifica-led musical showcase Manamoana will be brought to Auckland for a one-eye-only concert this November. Manamoana is a celebration and fusion of two worlds of music, with 80 choral singers and 78 New Zealand Symphony Orchestra musicians performing traditional Pacific songs on stage. Its debut was featured on Pacific Ways, where I got to speak with several other showcase organisers and concert goers. Joining me now is music director Helen Tupai to talk about the upcoming show in Auckland. Salofa lover Helen, did you ever anticipate how successful Manamoana would be from its first concert? To be totally honest, um, no, we just thought um, it would. We, we only expected it would be great with our families and our friends in Wellington. We didn't, we had no idea that it, um, it would go as far and wide as it has been. I think what happened after the concert is that we, you know, we had a bit of a gathering where we just said, Yes, we've done the concert, this is the choir members, and then we all went home and then we slept. And because it was such a full-on uh, two days of recording, we, everyone was tired. So we woke up very late morning. And um, when I woke up just after, you know, in the morning, I, I woke up and my phone was, 
was going off and it was, you know, ting, ting, ting. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's happening? And I was tagged by so many people. Well, it was really surprising that my family in the States, my family in, um, you know, in London, I'm in Australia, in Hawaii, everybody was tagging me to the, you know, to um, stories that were being, you know, that were being shared. So it was, yeah, we did not expect that to happen. Um, but we knew that um, people would, would share it. And what was beautiful was that it was, and our stories were told, and it was crazy. Besides the impact that it has online, um, how has it resonated? How has Moana Moana impacted on for those involved in the project, such as the choir and the orchestra? I know for the choir, it was um, such a journey to learn all our languages. Uh, the six islands, we, we, we were only able to do six Pacific islands, and um, such a journey to learn that um, gave us a greater appreciation of our language. We are diverse. You know, a lot of people say, oh, Pacific, uh, our, our languages are the same. However, you know, we we all got schooled, you know, L- little um, the intricacies of our languages, um, the T's being pronounced differently by all the different island groups, you know. Samoan T is very wet, you know, like like cover T. Uh, T for the Tongan is a blunt D. D and, and then you have you wear who have T, but then if it's followed by a, a certain vowel, it becomes an S. So we learned, you know, and, and, um, and an example would be the word siale, uh, which is a flower, and it's spelled T-A-I-A-L-E. But because there's a, a vowel I after it, it's, it, the T turns into an S. So we learned all that. So, um, But that journey was beautiful. We got to learn some of the stories behind the songs, uh, the, the Tongan song, Asiwilio Pasifiki. Uh, we learned that um, Queen Saluka was a very, very proud um, proud Tongan, you know, and a lot of her songs allude to how wonderful and how beautiful Tonga is, and, and Tonga is, is a pearl of the Pacific. Um, for the orchestra, I think what was really um, beautiful to watch with them was the fact that we I knew what our audience is like, you know, we like to uh, we hype each other up, you know, uh, and we do that all the time when someone's dancing, we give a bit of a yell and a clap, I think for the orchestra, they were very much used to their conservative orchestra, uh, audience where they clap at the end. Um, but Mana Moana, you know, halfway through the song, and I think it was really obvious in our first song because the introduction is about 10 seconds long, I think. And so the audience was sitting just listening to this beautiful introduction by the, the orchestra. And then as soon as we sang the first words, fa the audience clicked what song it was, and then there was this uproar of clap, you know, and appreciation, and that's something that the orchestra was not used to, and um, and we were even told at the end of it, you know, um, that there were people that had been in the orchestra for over 30 years have never experienced such an electric audience, you know, where everything came back to them uh, tenfold. So it was such an experience, and I think... Um, Something that has never happened that they said that when we came off the stage, the orchestra obviously came off first and they went into their room. But when the choir came off and as we were walking past them, they gave us a standing ovation. And according to the director of um, NZSO, that's never happened. Auckland being the biggest Polynesian city in the world. How, yeah, how else will Mana Moana connect with the community besides the concert? 
a really good question. So it's, at the moment we're doing, um, you know, reaching out, it's, it's the concept. But what we have done, just to, um, so that we can connect with our Auckland community, is we um, we gathered an Auckland choir together. So there's a choir of 30 from Auckland, from all over Auckland, of uh, yeah, from the from the community. And again, we're all community people, so of Tongan, Samoan, Nguyen, who have joined um, and, and have been, the last few months have been learning the song. So they're going to be a part of this. And I guess they're going to share their story too. But that's a good part two, phase two, um, Susanna, is how can we do it. And, and that's the goal is to, singing is something that we do already. We do it in the church, we do it in the community. But I think what the the little point of difference that we have is we've just taken it to another level with performing our music um with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra, but then we've really honed into Coral being ensuring that we are people of excellence and we've taken it to this next level and, you know, we've just honed into that. And we've had gathered lots of um, people who, who love to sing and who want to bring that excellence to it. So, yeah. If you want to head along and see Mana Moana live at Auckland Spark Arena on November 24th, tickets will be available from the 14th of September. That's Pacific Ways for today. Don't forget you can listen back on rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, till fast week four.